Good morning and welcome to episode 294 of Taking a Charge Podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein of Hein News. Thank you for stopping by. So we have a final four set. We have playoffs in the second round uh, in the NBA. Playoffs getting uh, started. Actually, that's one thing I didn't look, um, but uh, I know here in Germany they're set. Uh, their playoffs in other leagues are are, are getting there as well. Uh, so getting to the end of the season. And, um, yeah, exciting hoops all around. Um, not, I'm not really going to talk too much. Just going to let the uh, interview uh, kind of take over. Uh, wonderful long chat um, with Kyle Hines uh, from Cheska Moscow. Uh, before we get to, uh, before we go any further, let's let you know how you can get in contact with the show. You can go to uh, Twitter and reach me uh, at High News, H E I N N E W S. The email address is High News at GMX.de. High News.com is the website. Uh, you can go to the Facebook group, just put, just put in um, the search bar, Taking the Charge podcast, and you'll find us there. Um. Uh, t- uh, uh, you can rate and review the show on iTunes, and you can go to Patreon and support the show. Patreon.com slash taking a charge. All right, fantastic. Um, yeah, so Final Four set in the EuroLeague. Uh, Fenerbahce against Shagiris. Again, and I mentioned it last week, uh, just an amazing thought to to, to, to realize that Fenerbahce, uh, that uh, Shagiris is back in the in the uh, final four for the first time since nine uh, since 99 um and they have to face the the champs with uh, Fenerbahce uh been to the last two finals obviously been to the final four the last three years won the final last year um yeah uh Chagiris won looking back Chagiris won in Istanbul earlier this year and lost at home by seven points and the other side is yeah, Fenerbahce, uh, Cesca Moscow, and Real Madrid, Cesca uh, Moscow, fifteen out of sixteen times, uh, fifteen out of the last sixteen Final Fours, Cesca Moscow has been there. It's absolutely amazing. And then you have Real Madrid, four of the last five, uh, the two thousand fifteen champs. Um, yeah, I, I kind of uh, hold out on on talking too much about the. About the final four, maybe next week can uh, kind of bring it up. Um, but let's uh, move to real quick to the playoffs. NBA. Uh, Cleveland has grabbed home court advantage against uh, Toronto. Just I'm sure that the Toronto Raptors fans are are just deflated and can't. Uh, yeah, just uh, can't uh, figure out uh, how they can how they can uh, uh, somehow beat. LeBron, um, just uh, amazing. LeBron James and Boston uh, grabbed, uh, defended home court in the first game, and they're up one nothing against the 76ers. Houston took game one at home against Houston, and Golden State won their first two games at home against New Orleans. Um, I'd say probably no surprises in my eyes. Uh, I even though you know Philly is really exciting. Boston is so just so disciplined and uh, great coaching that um, I think that they'll probably prevail. Uh, 
Um, yeah, but like I said, I I want to just get to the interview and, and let you enjoy it. Um, Kyle Hines, uh, this is his seventh uh, League Final Four. He's a three-time champion, uh, seventh straight uh, Final Four, and he's going for um, four out of seven and uh, to have a have a have two titles with with both Olympiacos and and Jessica Moscow. Uh, yeah, we would go a lot, uh, talk about a lot of different things. Uh, he's Kyle Lines has also really kind of gotten into the social media world, um, the media world in general, um, just with a lot of different things. We talk about that. We talk about uh, we're going down memory lane with Kyle, with uh, Sir Hines. Uh, so enjoy this, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. All right. So on the show this week, a three-time EuroLeague champion, I'm sure you like the sound of that. Kyle Hines, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I guess, I guess first of all, um, you know, you, you guys at CSK Moscow clinched your, I think it's the 15th time in the Final Four in the last 16 years, uh, which yes, is, I think that is right. just amazing. Um, maybe just, you know, your thoughts when, you know, game four was over, you know, obviously there was the craziness at the end of game four, uh, but just, you know, maybe, you know, the relief of, of knowing and the excitement of going, of knowing you're going back to the, to the final four again. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, this, this playoff run was a little bit different experience for me because, um, you know, it's the first time that I, um, you know, I didn't take part, you know, I had to be on the sides, um, you know, with my, dealing with my calf injury. So, you know, from that standpoint, I've kind of seen it from a, you know, a totally different point of view, um, this series. Um, and, uh, it was also different because it was a team that was a rival, um, of ours. Uh, him, he is a team that we know really well. You know, we obviously, you know, we play them, you know, many times a year. Um, so, you know, it had, I guess, a little bit more, um, even though, you know, it was a playoff, um, and it's going to the final four, it had a little bit more extra, um, I guess you can say motivation to it, um, for the game, um, you know, because of the, you know, both teams are cross town, town rivals. Um, after game four, I mean, it was more or less, I mean, I definitely was relieved, um, you know, I was sweating and I was tired. I felt like I had been playing the game, um, you know, because, you know, on the sides, me, Nando, and other guys, you know, we were cheering and we were screaming and shouting over there, you know, so much, um, about different things that happened in the game. Um, that, you know, like I said, I felt like, you know, I, I played in the game. After the game, I had to, you know, take a shower because my shirt was, you know, all wet and everything. But um, more or less, I was just, I was really relieved, really relieved and really happy for my team, for our teammates because, you know, uh, it, it would have been easy for, you know, our team to, um, you know, to kind of give up or, uh, you know, face this kind of difficulty that we face, you know, missing Nando and, and you know, also to myself. But, other guys and other players stepped up really big and, you know, had really big performances. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, it, it showed that really what our team is capable of all and our team is uh, made up. Uh, for for those who you know, it'll, you know, we're gonna have the show come up about uh, basically about two weeks before uh, the final four. Maybe just give us an update on your injury and uh, and how close you are to getting back. And and obviously, it's you know an absolute uh, you know you you absolutely want to play in uh, yeah. in Belgrade. Just maybe give us an uh, injury update. Um, yeah, you know, you know, being injury 
it's definitely not, you know, wasn't in the plans. It wasn't something, um, you know, that I, I like, like, you know, like to happen. But, um, you know, it is what it is right now. Um, you know, at the advice of the doctors and the trainers, we're just kind of just taking it day by day. Um, and I'm, you know, slowly kind of getting back with the team. Um, you know, hopefully I plan on, you know, being with the team, um, you know, upcoming week. Um, and hopefully, you know, to take part um, in our uh, in our upcoming uh, BTB games. We have two games uh, for first in East St. Petersburg, and another team, another game um, right before the Final Four versus Palmer. So, you know, hopefully, um, if everything goes um, according to plan, um, you know, I'll take part, take some part in those games, and then hopefully, you know, um, be ready uh, to go 100%, um, you know, for the Final Four in Belgrade. Um, so. If I'm not mistaken, this will be your seventh year league final four in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah maybe your feelings. Knowing, okay, it's, you know, you got three wins, you know, half of the games you've been in, you, you've won. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll come back to, you know, down history history lane a little bit in a, in a bit. But just knowing, you know, hey, it's number seven now. Um, It's... It's, it's incredible, honestly. Um, you know, it's very humbling. I've been very blessed and very fortunate to be able to take part um, to seven consecutive Final Fours. I mean, it doesn't really, I don't necessarily get the magnitude of that until I actually think um, and I actually, you know, think about, you know, you know, what it means to go to seven straight Final Fours. And there's not too many, you know, teams or, you know, or clubs that, you know, have been to seven Final Fours themselves. So, you know, for me to be able to achieve that is definitely, um, you know, a great honor. And like I said, I've been very fortunate, um, very blessed to be on some great teams with, you know, great teammates and great organizations and great coaches. So, um, like I said, it's been tremendous. I mean, and, and you know, to, over the past seven years, I mean, I've gone by, you know, really fast. But um, this kind of shows, you know, you know how enjoyable this uh, this this experience has been um, for me um, throughout my career. Um, I don't I don't really want to talk a lot of basketball here. Um, for this podcast, I, I kind of want to just, you know, give you know, give uh, the listeners maybe a chance to kind of, you know, hear your hear your ideas and, and thoughts about about various things that are going on. So, so first of all, you know, the the new yearly schedule. This is the second year of the yearly schedule with the yeah. with the big group, the sixteen teams, and you're playing everybody two twice. Um, you're busy, <laughs> you know, plus plus DTB yeah. and everything else. Um, but you've also been busy off the court, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, the family will also come to the family, of course. But you know, you look at, and we'll come to some of these. But um, you know, you look at the the docu, uh, the documentary series that you got, uh, uh, just a kid for uh, a kid from Sicklerville. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the the un, un, uh, uninterrupted uh, uh, things you got going on. You you've, you're doing a couple things with uh, uh, on frugal athlete. Um, maybe just big picture, and then we'll kind of break down a little bit more. But what was kind of like your mentality going into like the last year and a half? Maybe you know, as far as media presence and 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 you know, how did how did all this come about? And 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 what were some of your thought processes in putting it all together? Um, I mean, it, it really just all kind of happened uh, organically. Um, it wasn't necessarily something that, you know, I guess you can say that, you know, like, I sat down and I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Um, you know, a lot of these opportunities just kind of all came, you know, at the same time. Um, the 
series. Literally, you know, I was sitting in the backyard with one of my best friends, and we decided we were just talking about it. And we one of the things that came up was that you know, every time I come home and my friends and my families, they've got an opportunity to come out and experience, and you know, been to the Final Fours, and you know, they come out and they take trips to Moscow and other places I've been to. So when they get back, a lot of people are always asking, you know, about um, you know what's life like overseas, what's life like. Um, you know, for Kyle playing basketball, you know, when I go back home, people are always intrigued about the Euro League and intrigued about different things, especially now because the game, um, international basketball is, you know, becoming so much more um, close and more, much more connected to the NBA. You know, you have so many more NBA, uh, international stars in the NBA right now. So, you know, a lot of people are kind of intrigued about Euro League basketball. So, um, the things that we want to do was like well one we have the opportunity to kind of um develop a platform and kind of show um you know not only show my life but also show um the life of you know that life living that basketball players live um while living and playing overseas not only just the, the basketball player but also their family as well so we wanted to kind of give a different um a different you know aspect and kind of different point of view than what people normally see you know a lot of times you know i think when the states people when people will see players go overseas um you know they kind of lose track of them it's almost like you know sometimes we joke as like guys going exile you know people don't necessarily know they always ask whatever happens to this way they fall off the place. face of the earth is what they do <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so um so we're like you know a lot of these guys have great experiences i know my experience has been great you know i've had a you know opportunity to live in some great cities and play for some great teams and you know my family loves it so we wanted to kind of get an opportunity to kind of show you know show that platform so that's what you know with the docuseries and you know so far we've gotten uh, you know really great uh, reviews and a lot of people have really enjoyed it um, and you know that's how that all came about and then coming from there um, you know we, we had a relationship with uh, you know um, the people some of the management that uninterrupted um, we were kind of you know they, they had talked about to expand their brand, expand their reach a little bit um, internationally. And one of the things they wanted to kind of do was trying to talk about the, the overseas and um, the European markets and trying to develop something more yearly. So, you know, uh, they had, you know, reached out to me about doing it. I said, yeah, I said, you know, I think, you know, I see so many interesting things by living in Moscow. And I have the opportunity, not only in Euroleague, but also in DCB League to travel to, you know, so many great cities. So, you know, why not get the opportunity to kind of, you know, showcase it um, you know, especially now with social media being, you know, such a, a, a large presence in everything that, you know, people do, um, you know, I thought it was a good opportunity, um, you know, to kind of, you know, showcase, um, you know, my life and also, um, you know, get opportunities for some people at Uninterrupted usually wouldn't necessarily see certain things in Europe, um, you know, to get a chance to experience those. You know, they, the, one of the things they said, they like, they want me to kind of be like a, this kind of like tour guide of, you know, different things. So, that, that's how that came about and the frugal athlete and along with some other things um you know i i just wanted as i'm getting older um and kind of becoming more of a veteran um here in overseas basketball i talk to a lot of younger players and you know i get opportunity to you know they tell me about different things and they ask me a lot of questions they reach out to me so you know one of the things like with the whole financial aspect is something that you know a lot of overseas guys don't necessarily get opportunity to talk about and don't necessarily understand so you know i thought you know i said why not you know, give my experience and, and give back to the different things that I've kind of gone through to maybe, you know, help um, impact and maybe help, uh, you know, some younger players, um, you know, to come around. So I had gotten the opportunity with Fruba Athlete and um, I've written so far three posts. Um, and, you know, I think they've uh, 
I think they've been doing good. I mean, people have been reaching out to me, you know, and asking me questions about different things. And I think, you know, so far it's been very helpful. So, um, like I said, these opportunities, like I said, it all just kind of happened, happened organically. But, um, you know, one of the biggest things and one of my biggest goals is, you know, to kind of, um, you know, show people um, the experiences and show people what life is like for overseas basketball players. And all the, all these opportunities have kind of come from that. And I think a lot of that has to do, like I said, is that the, the game of basketball, um, is a global game, but also the reach of the game is kind of shrinking. So I think more people and more fans are intrigued about it as well. Um, let, let's go to the, to the to the series. So, kid from Sicklyville, you've had you know three episodes. Um, you know, I'm sure. I'm, you know, the the excitement of 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 of, of having, um, you know, your, you know, congratulations on 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 the little king, uh, oh, thank you. Um, thank you. and and I'm sure you were, you know, thrilled that that he's uh, uh, healthy and and that your wife is healthy, um, and at the same time, obviously, just you know, kind of, eh, shattered, you know, definitely disappointed or or whatever that that you weren't able to make it there, um, but but during this whole process. Process um, of you know, I mean, the, the the birth of a child. I don't I don't have any children, but I can imagine that the birth of a child is, is such an amazing uh, experience. And was there uh, did 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 you and your wife really you know have a hard time figuring out whether or not you wanted to you know show this as on the series? Was 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 that just a oh, sure why not or what was that kind of thought process? Just because it seems it can be such a private thing. I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're you you know on your Instagram, on you know, especially the Instagram. You know, you're you're you you are very open with everybody. So, I uh, just was wondering about that thought process because just because it's such a private, uh, such a special moment for for a family. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it definitely um, you know it definitely was something that we kind of had talked about. Um, you know, sharing those type of experiences, you know, kind of being as open, you know, as we were, um, you know, kind of showing those kind of vulnerable moments and kind of, kind of those private moments that, you know, people usually don't share. But um, one of the things that, you know, we talked about, and I think you know, me and my wife, you know, talked about and she expressed was that, you know, there's other families and there's other people that kind of, you know, feel or kind of going through the same thing that we kind of gone through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so many, you know, so many you know, women have reached out to my wife, you know, since we put out this episode, um, you know, about, you know, talking about their pregnancy and talking about their experiences of giving birth, talking about the experiences of, you know, having, you know, their husband not be there and, you know, other support systems. And, you know, so many women have reached out that it's kind of been almost surprising. So it was like, you know, we were kind of, um, you know, happy that we were able to do this um, because it's kind of, you know, giving, um, you know, other people and other families and other players overseas um, almost like the support system um, with each other, let people know that, you know, they're not the only ones kind of going through it. So you know, I think initially for us, it, you know, it definitely was um, a question whether or not, you know, what to share and what not to share. But we were like, you know, at the end of the day, we want to kind of make it as real as possible and kind of show our lives as much as we possibly can. Um, and, you know, like I said, I mean, it's benefited, you know, not only us, but we think it's also benefited some, you know, some other families and some other um, some other people. And, and like I said, my wife is, um, you know, had the opportunity to meet so many different, um, you know, women and, and talk to so many different people about their experiences. And she's also been able to help them out as well. So I think it's definitely been beneficial. And, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, one of the reasons why, um, you know, not something necessarily we put it out there for, for this reason. But, you know, like I said, uh, what I said before, it's kind of happened organically. And we're definitely proud that we're able to kind 
to show those moments um, and, and, and it's had a positive impact on people. And it's, it's totally true. Uh, and and it's, um, you know, it's, it's a, like you said, it is an organic uh, result of, 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 some, of, of that. So, um, so three episodes so far. Uh, trying to look. I think it was yeah, March... First was that the last episode? Yeah, the third yeah, episode was, yeah, yeah, was March first. I know you. Uh, yeah, you have a little basketball game. You know, the final four coming up. That's kind of important. But <laughs> you want to give us a, a, a scoop, maybe on, on when the next one's planned, or 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 what or what's what's the next uh, steps for the series? Oh um, yeah, the, the next the next episode will be out um, around the final four time. Um, you know, to, to kind of give you a short preview, it's just kind of, you know, talking about, um, you know, really just kind of me discussing my injury, discussing the playoffs, and me kind of, you know, going through this all from a different perspective. You know, I've, before this injury, um, you know, I probably can count on, you know, both hands how many times I've missed a practice or missed a game, you know, since, you know, probably I was 18 years old. So all this has kind of been, you know, a totally different experience for me. Um, you know, not only for me, but also, you know, uh, you know, for my family and also for the team. So, um, you know, you have opportunity to kind of see um, a little bit of, uh, you know, the rehab process and, you know, me kind of get back and, and also just gearing up for the Final Four. Um, so I think that and also, you know, there's some, you know, family stuff in there as well. Um, you know, I, we have, you know, I have two kids, you know, two kids under two and it's right now it's just me and my wife. So I was kind of, you know, dealing with that, <laughs> dealing with that dimension, kind of, you know, dealing with uh, 18 month old and a, a four month old and, um, you know, in Moscow, Russia. So that, that kind of uh, dynamic as well. So, um, I think people enjoy it. I mean, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of different things, a lot of, I think, uh, cool things to kind of show people. Uh, another thing I think you probably enjoyed quite a bit. Um, was the letter to your younger self that yeah. that you really put together? I think all of these are great. You know, I, th I think Kobe was one of the first ones, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But I think Milos did one. Um, you know, uh, Antico Como's done one. You know, maybe you know when you know. I assume they approached you, but just maybe how it happened and and. Uh, um, you know, did did you put the let's call it script together, and, and what did you what were you kind of thinking when you did when you put that together, and what did you think of how it turned out? Um, I mean, actually, it's another thing that, like I said, your league, uh, you know, came you know came to uh, you know came to our press um, our press official, and he said that you know that they wanted to do this letter for a younger so. Um, they didn't really give me a lot of like uh, I guess you say script or really kind of what they go by or even format. They kind of just like you know kind of gave me this and they kind of gave me some examples. They used they gave me the Kobe example and the Giannis example and I think maybe Keith Langford wrote a letter as well. But these are guys that actually wrote out letters. Um, this one they kind of wanted. I mean, as you see the finished product, they want they kind of almost do like a video, um, a video letter, a video, di video diary. I guess you can say. So um, then we you know. We, we met one day and we basically shot it in one take. Um, you know, I kind of, I didn't necessarily have a script, like a written script. I kind of, you know, had an idea and subject line what I wanted to talk to. And I just tried to really make it as personal as possible if I was actually sitting, you know, sitting there talking to my younger self. And, you know, I was really surprised how, um, you know, how great it really turned out. Um, and, you know, how many people really responded to it um, as well. Um, I think it was, you know, awesome, awesome concept and a great idea by Yuri to kind of do that, um, and I think it, you know, showed out to be some really good content. Um, I want to 
let's say go back memory lane a little bit um maybe you know 2008 um you know he was he was basically i guess i guess yeah i guess you could consider it up and coming coach and you know obviously he's he's done some amazing things since then and um uh and obviously there's the connection you know with bamberg but uh, maybe just you know when you go back and think about veroli and your start in 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 europe and and you have andrea trincari there as, as coach maybe just what do you think about that you know, knowing knowing everything that you guys went that you went through, and then also everything that he went through, and and just going back to two guys that were really just at the beginning of of a of a of a career that you know would really start to take off. What do you when I when I mention that? What do you think? Um, I mean, it's it's almost something like it. I guess you can say both of us are almost like parallel. Um, you know, parallel careers. I mean, obviously, mine's in playing, his is in coaching. But I think, you know, both our, um, you know, I guess you could say stories are, are very, very similar. You know, we both started out in this small village, this small kind of Italian town. You know, he, he had just been coming off of, uh, I think he was out a year and a half out of basketball. And, you know, he was kind of almost starting over me, um, you know, me kind of being in a new situation for the very first time. Um, and, you know, we've both been able to, uh, you know, have, you know, great success um, in our careers um, so far. Um, you know, he's a, a tremendous individual and, you know, somebody I, I give the utmost credit for, um, for helping me kind of develop a lot of different things um, in my career. Um, not only on the court, but mostly off the court. I mean, he taught me how to be professional. He taught me about accountability. And he taught me about preparation, um, you know, as far as just, you know, watching games, you know, knowing my opponent, um, and just, you know, just being what it took to kind of be a high-level player. Um, that's something that he kind of demanded from me every day. And, you know, I always knew that he would be, you know, a successful coach. And, you know, at the time, you know, I always wished that, you know, we never know what happened in the future, but I always wish that, you know, me and him can have the opportunity to, you know, work again in the future. Um, because, you know, I feel like, you know, our careers have, you know, kind of like I said, almost run, you know, parallel with each other. We started at the same point and now we've, you know, you know, played against each other so many times and, and, and been around each other so many times in Euroleague. So I'm definitely proud of him and proud of all his accomplishments. I don't know if it's because I saw I saw you know you and that team play so many times in that 2010-2011 season, but it's it, it's 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 really unreal to to think that um, the connection that you have uh, that you built up over just one season in Bumberg and that you only played and that you only played one season in Bumberg. Yeah, you know, it seems, it seems a lot longer. It, 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 you know, it, it really it does. It, you know, yeah. when I looked at it, when I looked back and I thought, I looked at the you know your your you know your your stops and one year I'm like, man, I guess it was only one year, but it seemed like it was so. Um, you know, Freak City obviously has has so much. Um, you know, the the fans are they are just you know just so amazing and 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 it, it's really it's a small town. You know, I mean, uh, you know, seventy five, eighty, you know, eighty thousand somewhere around there. Um, maybe just you know when you go back and you know that's your first year league experience. So maybe just talk a little bit about uh, your time at Bamberg. I mean, my time at Bamberg is really where I think I learned how to win. Um, the situation was a little bit strange for me, you know, you know, I had always been up to that point. I had always been the go-to guy. I always been the main player. I was been, you know, playing 30, 35 minutes a game, you know, trying to, you know, score as many points as possible. And, you know, going to Bomberg, the team was already established. You know, they had come off of winning, uh, winning a title the previous year. 
Um, they had their, you know, established stars and Casey Jacobson and, and T-Bor Plies and Paige Shoefood and, you know, John Goldsberry and all these guys that you already had their established role. They had their established stars. They were just looking for, you know, guys to come in and kind of help, you know, make them a little better. And for me, you know, over the first, like, two weeks, it was a weird situation because I was so used to kind of being that go-to guy that it took me to kind of learn my role and learn that, you know, in order for the team to, um, you know, the team to be better and the team to, you know, uh, accomplish his goal that you got to sacrifice. So that's why I say, you know, being in Bomberg is where it taught me how to win. It taught me necessarily to, you know, sacrifice and, and learn my role and to try to be the best I could possibly be at that role. And like you said, I mean, the fans there, I was amazed at how much the fans embraced me. Um, you know, I was there. I was only there for one year. Every time, and this is kind of funny, but every time we go back and we played in the past, you know, two or three seasons, people always ask me, like, how many years did you play here? And I was like, oh, we It's like the legend keeps there. growing, right? Yeah, it was your five years. <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> hey, I only, I only played one year, and people are like, people are amazed, like, you know, how much, like, you know, the fans or how much, you know, the, the uh, you know, the, the people around, the people that work there are, uh, you know, also receptive of me. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's incredible, you know. And, and I just showed the, the type of organization that is there in Baumberg and also the people there in Baumberg. I mean, it's it's a one-of-a-kind city. It's a one-of-a-kind uh, team. Um, and it will always be a very special place to me. Plus, it's seven years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's seven. But, but the thing about it, it feels just like yesterday. Like, I'm yeah, walking yep. there every day. Yeah, yeah. I walk in there when we played, and I'm like, it feels like just yesterday, you know, I was in there and, you know, with these guys. And like you said, seven years is going by, and it's, it's incredible. You got, I'm lucky that I don't have to, you know, talk about 15 different teams. You know, you only have, you know, two, yeah. two, two more. Um, it, it maybe, you know, you mentioned it in the uh, in the letter to your to your younger self. You know, don't make fun of the shot. Um, you know, when you when you think of, when you think of maybe when you first went there and you know, just just that organization, you know, with Ivkovic as coach and everything. You know, this was obviously, you know, a step up also in expectations and and, and everything else. Um, and then you go and and uh, you know, you're also down. You know, you're down by 19. You know, late in the third, and and then you know every everything goes crazy. Papa Luke, uh, Papa, uh, Papa Nicolau starts hitting threes, and um, you know when you think of you know Papa Nicolau's hitting those threes, and 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 knowing you had Billy there, and and then you know Pontezas with the shot, you know just talk about the the two thousand uh, two thousand twelve final. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the crazy thing about it, I've, I've still never watched that game. Yeah. I've never watched that game in its entirety yet, and I'm, I'm almost afraid to watch it because I feel like I'm, you know, living a dream. And I'm like, I'm watching you it. Wake you know? up. <laughs> I'm going to wake up. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that it, I think the game in the final was literally like, you know, a Hollywood ending or a storybook ending. You know, you watch, you know, some of these great, you know, Hollywood movies or whatever, and they always kind of have like this amazing ending. That's exactly what the story was. I feel like our team, that team was almost a team of destiny because the way we kind of started out, um, you know, nobody thought that we would be in the final four. People didn't even think we would be in the top 16. You know, when we first played our first game, the fans there weren't even coming to the game. The gym was half full because people were upset about the roster that they had put together. Um, and now you look back on the roster now, I mean, there's, you know, guys that are, you know, considered some of the best guys in Europe, guys that have played in the NBA. But when we first got there, nobody thought that we were, uh, you know, going to accomplish anything. I don't even know if some of the guys on the team thought that. 
But um, you know, throughout the year, we just remained resilient, and we we believed in ourselves, and um, you know, we had a chance, and you know, we I think we are the. I mean, there's a lot of different underdog stories, you know, throughout sports, but. I think that story is definitely something that, you know, somebody should make a movie or write a book about. Um, because, you know, I lived it and I experienced it and I remember it, you know, vividly, you know, all the different emotions um, through that season. Um, and, to, and for it to end the way it, it did and, and for it to change as many people's, not only lives, but also people's careers. Um, it's truly amazing. Because remember at the time, there was a crisis going on in Greece. So, mm, yeah, um, yeah, you know, true. Life, life in Greece and life in Athens wasn't necessarily, you know, the, the, the best then. So, you know, I think, you know, that title and that, you know, that championship run, you know, only helped change the lives of people, you know, that were on the corporate Olympiacos, but also many people, um, you know, in Athens and in Greece as well. Uh, and then you and then you go back to back. Like I said, I mean, I, I never watched that game either. Yeah, so I, I, like, <laughs> I have to go back and look. I don't, I don't even remember the last time that had been done before that. I think it was Maccabi. I am Maccabi. Um, okay, yeah, probably. Yeah. And then, and yeah. then uh, before that was the three peat from uh, yeah from uh, split. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess in this similar situation, I mean, we were down. I mean. People remember the final game. What people don't remember is that in Game Five of the playoffs, we were down 15 at one point um, in like the third quarter, and we made this like miraculous comeback. Jordan Jordan Palmer goes down with an injury. Um, and next thing you know, we're coming back and we're beating Memphis, and then we we qualify to the Final Four. And then I think from there, once we you know qualified, um, you know we got to uh, when we got to, to London, you know people. People didn't treat us like we were defending champions, so I think that's what kind of made our team and everybody, um, you know, I guess you could say on a defensive mode because you know we got there, people still treat us like we were the underdogs, and we were coming into this thing like you know we are the defending champions. As part of the media, nobody picked you guys. No, no, I mean because like all of my like colleagues, nobody picked you guys. Exactly. And I think that's something that we all knew, and we we're like, well, we're the we're the guys that you know we're the, we're defending the title. So I think you know the first game we played Cheska, we wanted to kind of prove make, make a proving point of that. Um, Especially because it was Cheska, and, and they had lost yeah, exactly. that game. <laughs> yeah, we, we we was almost like for us, almost like a, it was like a rematch. You know, you go to a boxing, you know, a boxing match, and you know, you have Ali Frazier one, and then the second that was almost like our our. our Ali Frazier too, or whatever you know, we want to kind of have that second, that second, uh, that second fight to kind of you know prove to people that it wasn't a fluke. Like you know, we're we're the champions for a region. And the same, we're in a similar situation with uh, Madrid. We were down 17. I, I still remember the first quarter, and you know, the Madrid is making everything, and, and, and Chacho and Sergio Lule and Rudy Fernandez are running around the court scoring baskets, you know, waving to the crowd and this and that. And I was like, oh man, not again. But, you know, we were able to, you know, prove everybody wrong again and come back from 17 and, you know, do it all over again. So, I mean, now I talk about it, it's definitely, you know, surreal. Um, and it's incredible, you know, incredible moments, incredible memories. It was an incredible experience. And 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 going to Moscow, was that kind of just the next logical step in, in your process then? Um, I wouldn't say it was a logical step. I mean, the, you know, obviously, you know, um, this is the sports business, um, mm-hmm. and you know everything is a business. So, um, at the time, you know, I definitely wanted to stay um, in Olympiacos. I mean, you know, while went out, we were just winning, you know, back-to-back, you know, titles, and you know, we had this, you know, really young kind of group, 
this young core of, of players that, um, you know, if we probably would have stayed together, you know, we probably would have been able to, you know, probably compete for who knows, you know, you know, titles, you know, in the future. But um, because it's the sports business, you know, things, you know, don't always kind of work out that way. But I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to come, you know, to Cheska. Um, I never would have thought, um, you know, that Cheska would even want me at that time, you know, because, you know, during that time, you know, Cheska had, um, you know, Chris Jish and Sasha Khan and Krapa mm-hmm. and all these, you know, so many of the top fours and power fours, um, you know, in EuroLeague and in, in European history. So, you know, for them to want me to be a part of, you know, their team with their club um, was definitely, you know, flattering and humbling. And, you know, once they, you know, kind of gave me the green light, um, you know, after I knew I wasn't going to go back to Olympiacos, I mean, I jumped at the chance, you know, to want to play for them and, you know, Five years later, I'm still here and I'm still loving it. And you know, Moscow has you know become my second home, basically. Um, you know, I mean, uh, Real Madrid, Moscow. You know, those are like really two of the absolute giants. Um, I mean, really over the the full life of the the competition. You know, obviously Real uh, Maccabi and and now the the Greeks have kind of you know pushed their way in as well. And you know, also now Fenerbahce. Um, but, you know, knowing that, that, you know, it had been eight, I guess with eight years that Moscow had won, um, the championship then in, in 2016, um, and, and the history, you know, losing, losing, uh, losing in the final and everything else. How much did that mean? How much did it mean to you, you know, to, to help, you know, this, this, this amazing organization, uh, to get back to the top of the, uh, of the heat? Um, that, that was, I mean, part of, you know, part of my motivation why I went, you know, when I got the opportunity to come here, why I went to come here, um, you know, to Moscow to help, you know, be, be a part of the team that, you know, help bring the title back, um, you know, after, you know, after, you know, the, the organization and club experienced so many, you know, I guess you could say, you know, heartbreaks, um, in the final fours, um, you know, consecutive years, um, you know, that championship and that title was definitely special, you know, not, like I said, not only to me, not only to the players, but just to the club in general, because they, you know, they have gone through so many different, um, you know, roller coasters of emotions, um, you know, throughout the history, um, you know, since they won it in 2008. Um, so, you know, for them, you know, for our team and our club to, to you know, bring that title back and to be able to celebrate that title again um, was, was tremendous. And I think for me, I mean, it's the first two titles are definitely special and they definitely mean a whole lot. Um, but I think the third one, um, you know, definitely had a huge significance on me because, you know, I came in 2012 and 2013 were basically, you know, I played in Bomberg, but 2012 and 2013 were really like my first, I guess you could say, first full season of EuroLeague experience. You know, I had won titles. And then, you know, coming into 2014 and 2015, losing the way we did, you know, was come almost because I had that doubt. Like, you know, like, well, am I going to be able to experience that feeling again? Am I be able to, you know, have that feeling, have that memory again? Um, and then after, you know, losing two years, after winning two years, um, you know, you want it more. You kind of want it, want that feeling more. Um, and then to have it in 2016, you know, it was an incredible experience. I guess you can say like the old, you know, saying is like, you know, you don't, if you let it go and it comes back, you know, you, you love it more. So I guess, you know, that that's kind of the, the feeling of that third title, I guess you can say. You travel a lot. And, and I know that you don't really have a chance when you go to these cities to really see much of, of the cities, you know. Bus window. 
That's it. That's it? <laughs> from the bus, bus window, window. From the bus window. <laughs> Do you have a favorite city? Oh, uh, I think uh, my favorite city is, I don't have one favorite city. I have, I guess you say, I like many different cities for many different reasons. Um, obviously, the cities I played in because I got to spend an extended amount of time there, you know, Athens and, and Moscow and, you know, living in Germany, um, you know, were all tremendous experiences. Living in Italy for two years, you know, living, you know, 30 minutes outside of Rome was incredible. Um, but the cities I played in, I mean, I, lo I mean, I love, you know, going to Madrid and going to Barcelona, um, uh, going to Tel Aviv, you know, because our hotel is always right on the beach. So, you know, after being, you know, seven months and uh, seven months and not without seeing the sun, you get a trip to go to Tel Aviv and, you know, be right there. There's always, um, you know, something, you know, all of us look forward to. But, um, like I said, I mean, I've, I, I've traveled a whole lot. I've seen, you know, cities that probably people have never seen, like going to Astana and going to Estonia and going to all these places that, you know, not, not a lot of people, um, you know, get a chance, opportunity to see. So um, I don't have one. I just have many. And, uh, you know, I enjoy the experience. It's one of the perks of the job to travel and, and, and get stamps on my passport. Favorite player to face? Favorite player to face of all time? Sure. Uh, of all time, my favorite player to face is Mike Batiste. Mm -hmm. um, when he was in Panathinaikos, because, you know, I, I've been, I had heard so much about him, you know, when I was in Verily. That's all, you know, Coach Kitty had basically preached about um, for, you know, the time I spent with him and, and then watching him play and all the success he had, you know, it was kind of almost like a benchmark for me to kind of play up against him. So you know of him already yeah. back in your time, and because I, I saw that you know that he was basically your your early idol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things that Trinkitty did. Um, he would um, he planted the know, Batiste seed in you. He, he yeah, he would make me watch games, and, okay. he, and then the next day he would almost like give me like pop quizzes. He would like, okay, did you see this play? Did you see this play? What did you think about this play? Okay. Um, who were the you know your your top five favorite big men in Europe? This that and the other. So you know I always kind of like an almost. guys that you that you you know going in you're like oh man this is gonna be a long night um i wouldn't say guy but i would say teams okay. um, you know obviously you know you know obviously you know Fenerbahce and you know madrid and um you know barca and obviously Olympiacos and Panathinaikos and you know all these different teams you know going in you know that you have to be on your a game because if you're not um you know it could possibly be a long night so you know going in um you know, I know that, and you know, I, I 
support. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for those, those moments playing Fenerbahce on the road or going to um, Olympiacos and Panathinaikos and playing in front of, you know, 17,000. I mean, I enjoy those experiences. But I know, like I said, um, if you're not on your A game, you know, you can. it can be a long night for you and your team. This is the second year, like we said, of the top six, the new, the new, uh, the new format with the, everybody playing everybody, um, and you know, one of the things that I had, what I had kind of thought, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like a romanticist, and you know, like we just, we just, I'm a, I'm a. I'm a little bit of a soccer fan, the European soccer, and, and you know, we, we, right now we have uh, you know Bayern Munich against, against Real Madrid yeah. in the semifinals of the Champions League. You know, and obviously there's a, these are you know two of the biggest sporting clubs in all of you know world yeah. sports, um, and. You know, this is a special. These are special games. You know, these home and away legs are special games because they don't happen every year. And that was one of the things that that I that I thought would kind of, I don't know, let's say, go missing when everybody plays each other every, you know, twice every year. Um, thoughts about that? I mean, like I said, you 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 experienced it before, and now you've seen. You know, it's the second time around. Um, to me, it's it that that feeling is still there. It's like you're 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 gonna see these guys every every year twice. So, a matchup against let's say you know whoever in the final, you've played them at least already twice already this season. And so, to me, it loses a little bit of the romanticism of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could I could see that. Um, you know, definitely, I think that, that was one of the most exciting parts. You know, in the old format, you know, waiting for the draw, waiting to see, you know. You know who you're going to be matched up with, and you know who was going to be in your group. Um, and like you said, I mean, there was some. You know, I think there was. I think up to. I think maybe that's why I think it took me so long to play against Bomber because you know mm-hmm. for right. five years yeah. in a row we never, you know, we never drew them. We never, you know, were matched up against them. So um, from that standpoint, I can understand it. And I see like the. I remember like you know the fans used to be you know excited making T-shirts and different things about that. Like you know putting the group of what group they were in and. You know, playing like when I was in Bomberg, you know, they people were excited that they got to, got to see Olympiacos come and or got to see, you know, Cheska come because Cheska hasn't been to Bomberg in three years and, you know, different things like that. Got a chance to see their, you know, their favorite players that they never get a chance to see. I understand that parody. I understand that, you know, that, um, you know, that kind of takes away, um, I guess you say, like you said, from the romantic part of it. But at the same time, you know, I think, um, those those games, a lot of those games were so great. It's like you know, you almost leave and you want more. So you know, why not have the opportunity that knowing that you can play these teams twice and you know get see you know these teams you know match up with each other twice. I think you know, that's one of the reasons why the, the NBA um, format has been so successful because you know you get a chance to see your favorite players. Um, um, you know, you know where they're coming and you get a chance to see you know great matchups and, and great competitive matchups every day. I mean, every, you know, every you know, multiple times a year. So, I mean, you know, I mean, how many, many people don't want to see, you know, uh, Olympiacos and Panathinaikos, you know, go up against each other, um, you know, two extra times a year or, you know, see Cheska and Real Madrid play or Real Madrid and Barcelona. I think, you know, everybody loves those matchups. There's Al Garrison and Cheska. You know, I think those are, you know, something that the fans would love to see. And I think that's why this format um, you know, has been so successful so far, and also, like I said before, it's, it's everything has been competitive because now you play everybody. Um, there's no excuses. You know, before there was like, oh, well, we didn't. You know, we didn't. You can go a whole year without playing anybody and still be considered a champion. So I think now it kind of evens the playing field a little bit, and now everybody has to play each other, and everybody's going to play in the same field. And as someone who doesn't want to see Olympiacos play Panathinaikos, that's the security people. 
Um, you're already well into your career, obviously, but if you hadn't been playing hoops or if you're not playing basketball right now, what would you be doing? I talk to say because it's something I've been, you know, dreaming about doing my whole entire life. You know, I've grown up wanting to be a professional athlete, you know, since I was, I guess you can say a baby. Like, you know, my, my grandfather, the first thing he did when I came home was put a football and a basketball, um, you know, in my crib, um, when I was, you know, one week old. So, um, you know, for me, if it probably wasn't basketball, I would probably be a professional athlete at, you know, something else, whether or not it was, you know, baseball or American football or some sport or something like that, because, um, you know, that's something that I have passion for, something that I've, you know, always, um, you know, enjoy doing since I've been young. Um, you're from near Philadelphia, so um, an Eagles fan? Yeah. So you were pretty happy? Yes, of course. <laughs> the Super Bowl and you know I, I was wearing going to the gym the next day wearing my my Eagles gear and everybody was looking at me like I was crazy but I didn't care because you know it was the you know the first opportunity that you know I, the, the Eagles have won like you know that's that was almost a joke you know a running joke in the states like the Eagles will never win a Super Bowl um, and then for them to win then you know over this past year Villanova um, you know Villanova won the yeah. college basketball championship and now six years six years have a chance so you know yeah. So now, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Philadelphia sports is just... Is used to be loser city, it, but know. now it's... Exactly. Yeah, now it's where, you know, in, in I guess Philadelphia, I don't know if you've been, but Philadelphia is such a... It's the sports teams kind of give the city the pulse. Like when the mm -hmm. sports teams are doing bad, the city seems gloomy and, you know, people are down. People don't necessarily want to talk. Everybody's, you know, not very friendly. But when the sports teams are doing well, when folks like the Eagles are doing well, the Sixers are doing well, the city is flooded. Everybody's happy. It's, you know, it's all sunshine and bubble gum and everything. Everybody's kumbaya. Everything's amazing. So that's kind of the feeling that, that you know that everybody is back home. Um, you know, my, my friends and you know, my parents that are back home are telling me right now. So um, I'm happy for you know happy everybody gets a chance to experience that. Yeah, um, as far as like uh, supporting a uh, less than successful uh, uh, sports franchise, I'm a Cubs fan and a life lifelong oh. Cubs fan. So I was really happy a couple yeah, years so. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah I felt I, I felt good for the Philadelphia fans. I didn't really have a horse in the race because I don't I didn't really care about one one side or the other. So yeah, yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so you're at 31. You know, you know, you know. Basically, before the start of next year, you you'll turn 32. Um, you know, you've started to do some of these other things, you know, media-wise, and you even also do some, you know, this this financial thing with the frugal athlete and stuff. Have you? And I, I think what you contract till what the end of next season is that right? Yes. So have have you started thinking about a post career at all? Is that or is that just something that you know that's on hold still? Um. No. I mean, I think every. I mean, every athlete. If they if they tell you they haven't. They're lying. I think it, it comes across everybody's mind. They kind of you know thinking about you know what, what's going to happen, especially as you get, especially in um you know playing basketball here and overseas. You know the the I guess you can say the the shelf life for most American players. Um, it isn't, you know, very, isn't as long, you know, most guys retire usually about 34, 35, 36 or whatever. Um, and a lot of that's not because of them. I mean, a lot of it, you know, they re your retirement is kind of dictated, um, you know, to you um, from, you know, you, whether or not people want you or when, you know, when, whenever, when to sign you or not. So it's definitely something I've thought about. 
especially now that I have kids. Um, you know, I have family now, so it's just, you know, kind of thinking about, you know, you know what I would like to do, what, you know, what's going to happen after basketball. It's not something I'm going you know, to say preparing for in the near future. You know, I want to play as long as I possibly play. Um, and I think, you know, I can have, you know, you know, hopefully have, you know, a longer career. Um, but it's definitely on my mind. Just a couple more. Um, what does it What does it mean to have um, the the Team Hines Basketball Academy there in Sicklerville? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Um, it's 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 been it's been it means a lot to me and it means a lot to my family. Um, you know, basically me, my brother, and my um, you know my friends and my family and my sister high school coach. We started um, a basketball academy um, in 2011-2012. Um, basically, it's one big kind to give, um, you know, give back um, to my hometown, give back to my community, um, and kind of, you know, I've been able to have the opportunity to kind of use basketball um, as a vehicle for me to, you know, travel the world, um, you know, get an education for free, and it's, a, it's allowed me so many different opportunities that I want to kind of get the opportunity to kind of, you know, um, for the kids and for the youth and, and in my hometown, for them to have that same opportunity. Um, if I'm able to kind of, you know, give back and give them um, a better shot with more resources, then, um, you know, that was kind of the whole main goal and the whole kind of main mission um, that we wanted to have. Because in, in our area, um, like I said, I live 30 minutes from, um, I live about 30 minutes from Philadelphia and I live about two hours from New York. So Jersey kind of, kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, especially in the sports world. So there, there's, there are many basketball camps or basketball academies in areas. Like if you're good at basketball, you have to travel two hours to New York or you have to travel to Philadelphia. So we wanted to kind of give kids the opportunity to kind of, um, you know, learn basketball in, 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 in a, a nice environment. I think, you know, over the past two or three years, um, we have seen a kind of, you know, great result and success um, of the program. You know, we have a number of different kids that are, you know, entering college and, um, going to college and going to universities, and um, we do a number of different things to kind of give back to the community. So it's definitely been uh, very important, um, not only to me but also to my family. It's definitely something that we take pride in that we're glad that we had the opportunity to uh, to give back and to do. What are the age groups on that? Uh, uh, we start our, our actual summer program starts from five years old, and we have kids all the way up to sixteen. I think right now we have anywhere from 75 to 75 to 100 kids that are you know involved in our program at one time over the course of the year cool cool um all right let's let's come back to let's come back to the final four uh real madrid you guys lost in week in uh, week two uh, was a 13-point game. Obviously, beginning of the year, a lot of new players and really hadn't been around at all uh, in the in the preparation. And then uh, I guess February 1st was a six-point win over um, over Real Madrid. Uh, expectations uh, for for this one? Um, I mean, I think both of those games really. I mean, obviously, we're going to go back and look at it to see that you know what. Um, you know, different things and, you know, different things that we did, different things they did, but, you know, you look back at the circumstances of both those games, you know, both of those, I don't think are, are going to have any um, significance on the Final Four game. Um, like you said, we were, that, that was week two, and we were just, that was like really, that was almost like a, our first, like, you know, real big game of the season. Um, you know, coming from the European Championship, we had, um, we didn't have, really have the opportunity to have practices and have many time as a team, so we were still kind of building chemistry and building, getting our team back in 
first game, and um, they were missing out young, and obviously Sergio Gould wasn't playing, so their team was a lot different then than it is now. So I think it's going to be a it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun matchup. You know, every time we play them, um, you know, it's always a good game. It's always a competitive game. Um, but I think for I think you know it's going to be on us. It's going to be on us how we prepare, how we come out in the game, the mentality we come out to the game, um, and you know how we do different things. So I mean, you know, as long as we um, you know, continue to play, continue to you know do the things that have gotten to gotten us to this point in the season, that we'll have opportunities to win the game. Um, thinking, you know, knowing knowing, let's say college basketball um, and seeing guys who have come over, who have played in the NBA and and come over to Europe, and also and then also guys who started in Europe, Americans who you know went from college to Europe and then went to the NBA, um, and and you know the level of the game of the Euro, of of the of the Euroleague and also the knowing the pressure of playing for uh, a team like Real Madrid and thinking that the guy only turned 19 uh, on February 28th. Um, you've had a couple looks at, at Luka Doncic. Um, what do you think about him? Um, I mean, his, his skill set. His skill set is unbelievable. Um, as far as the things that he's able to do, um, the things that he's able to do on the court, I think is um, it's it's scary because you've never seen somebody at his age um, be able to do those things. And I think also that his his competitive nature and his composure um, is something that you've never seen before. There's not too many guys, um, you know, players that can be. He's basically been, you know, leading this Real Madrid this past year at, at 18 years old, leading the team that you know with so much great history and so many great players at 18 years old, and helping them, you know, reach a Final Four. Just not, I don't think there's any 18 year old that you know in the history of basketball that's been asked to take on that responsibility and has, and has succeeded. Um, you know, even you look at some of the other, you know, NBA superstars right now that are European, like Giannis or or uh, Porzingis or you know all these other guys. They were kind of you know able to. They weren't necessarily star players on uh, such a big of a franchise like Real. So I think the the he has tremendous um, you know opportunity. His potential is unbelievable, and you know I'm I'm very interested to see you know how he's going to be able to um, you know fare against in the NBA um, every night, but. Um, I think he's going to do well because obviously because he has all the attributes, he has all the skill, he has all the skills um, needed to be successful um, at the next level in the NBA. Obviously, there's the debate, you know, go number one, you know, over some of these other guys, you know, um, Aiton or um, uh, Bagley. Um, any 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 comment on that? You want to say anything about that? Um, I mean, I've watched these, I've, I've watched these guys in, in college, but I think you know because of the things that he's had to gone through, um, the responsibilities that he's had to carry, you know, since he was you know 16 years old, I guess you would say. Yeah, since really, he was 16, 16, 16 sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, since he was 16 years old, I mean, I think he's definitely um, on and off the court, probably the most NBA ready player right now in the draft. Um, because of the experience that he's had. I mean, he's had a high-level experience, um, not only Real Madrid, but also, you know, on the national team, you know, um, you know, last year when uh, the Euro, European Championship. So he's been able to not only carry a team, but he's basically carried his own, you know, his, his uh, a country um, as well and been very successful at it. So I think from that standpoint, he's definitely, um, you know, NBA ready. I think he's probably the most NBA ready prospect 
um, in the draft this year from those standpoints. And that was the first time he's ever played for his country because he never played before that either. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right. Uh, maybe just maybe just uh, complete the sentence. Uh, if uh, you know. Uh, CSK Moscow will win uh, the the final four, will win the championship in Belgrade because, and I will feel this. Uh, CSK Moscow will win the championship because um, we go out and we play our game. Um, nothing more than that, as long as we play our game, you know, we'll be successful. And I'm going to feel um, <laughs> ecstatic, um, you know, to be able to um, have the opportunity to win uh, a fourth Euro League title and have the opportunity to, you know, bring back um, the title back again, hopefully to, to Moscow. All right. Um, you let everybody know how they can find and read all your stuff, uh, social media, different media channels. Pimp your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Sir Hines, at Sir Hines. Um, and on Instagram, it's uh, Sir Hines Forty Two. Um, and between those two, um, you can kind of see, like you said, um, you, know, you kind of see everything about you know my life and um, not only my life, but you know the experiences that I've kind of gone through. Um, and also, you know, you get opportunity to check out um, on YouTube uh, the Just a Kid from Sickleville docu series. Um, you know, I think you know people will enjoy it if you haven't seen it. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's not just about basketball. I think there's something in there that everybody can you know possibly relate to. Um, and also, uh, there's a YouTube channel which will also have some more content over the next uh, you know next next year or so. It's uh, Sir Hines TV on YouTube, and I think you know um, you know throughout those you know formats, you'll know, be able to see kind of you know see me and kind of see um, you know different experiences that I go through and me, my family, and hopefully uh, you know see some behind the scenes stuff of us hopefully winning a title. Kyle Hines, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate all the all the time, thank valuable you. time you've given me, and uh, no we'll see you in a we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully on the hopefully on the court uh, in Belgrade. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, just thanks again to um, Kyle for taking so much time. Uh, it was uh, really a wonderful chat, and uh, really enjoyed uh, hearing his input on a lot of different things and um it's you know the i watched him so much that year in in bomberg and it just seems like uh he was there so much longer than just that one year and uh and then you know he'd been snatched up from the second division in italy and then and then he's on the yearly champion the next the next year it was just a absolutely amazing uh run for 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 Kyle Hines and always been a fan of his and and his game and so I was um, uh, looking forward to I was really happy to to really finally talk to him um, you know kind of known kind of known him a little bit uh, all these years anyhow just from following him uh, when he was with Bomberg that year and uh, it was uh, really nice to 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 really finally talk to him sort of in depth and. And uh, wish him the best. Hopefully, he's healthy and uh, is able to to go uh, at the final four. I can imagine that that'd be just um, you know really that would be a major uh, uh, letdown for him if he can't go in 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 Belgrade. But 
he seems kind of confident that uh, that they should be able to be healthy in time. So, uh, uh, you know, get well to him, and uh, hopefully we see him on the court in Belgrade. All right, so that's the show. Um, just to let you know what you're going to be listening to, uh, the song is called Cider Bubble, and it is by the C- by Secret Jane. It's available on freemusicarchive.org. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy all the hoops, all the playoffs, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. My name is Dario Sharic, you listen and take it to charge.